What's the most important resource that you have? If you really thought about this deeply, I think you'd come to the same conclusion that Joey and I did. It's time. In our newest book, Wealth Without Wall Street, The Three Steps to Financial Freedom Through Passive Income, we talk about how are we tracking that time? Well, what is the thing that we can do to get more of that time back? That's right. If you've ever been listening to our podcast and thought, man, it would be amazing if I could take all the things that you guys have learned over the last 10 years and just summarize them, put them in some way to easily digest them and take action, that's what this book is all about. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash new book and get your copy today. Wealth Without Wall Street Tribe, I'm so grateful to be able to bring back to you a fan favorite here. This is our book series on Nelson Nash's book, Becoming Your Own Banker. And this is part two, where we uncover on page 14, Nelson Nash is talking about imagination. And what we've learned over the years, since this came out four years ago, that a lot of people have a hard time with imagination. They have a hard time being creative. And what we did is we created a course to help you dream again. It's called the Passport Challenge and it's free. And as a result of today's episode, if you like it, we want to give you an action step. Go ahead and download our free course at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash passport and take a look at that. See if it can help you create your vision for financial freedom and share in the comments what you learned from that and how it's going to change your life. Now, if you love this, you got way more coming. We have an 18-part series coming your way. Let's dive into episode two of Become Your Own Banker book series. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. This is Joey the Italian Stallion Murray and Russ the Idea Guy Morgan. Today, we are going to tackle the tough question, how do you fill in the silence with the goals and the objectives that you want to have happen by using imagination? Page 14 of Becoming Your Own Banker, we're going to tackle what Nelson Nash has to say about imagination today. Man, it is so amazing to me that we don't spend time thinking. I remember Nelson oh, telling us all the time. Absolutely. 5% of the people think, 10% of the people think, think they, they think. think. And 85% of the people would rather die than think. But isn't that the thing that we should be doing the most? Because when we're asked the question, when you're asked the question, what is it that you want from your future? What are your goals? What do you want in life? Should you not be able to just spit those out? They should be sitting on the top of your tongue, but they're not. Why, Why? is that? Because imagination has been shut off, Russ. When we get older, those functions just start to wane and wane and wane. But why? Because we're we're worried. There's a lot of different factors, right? One, we're worried about what other people think of us. Well, I, is it not that we're busy too, though? That we're just working, working, working? Oh, absolutely. You're just kind of in this kind of autopilot 
I mean, how many times have you driven from work to home and did not even realize what you did? Like you, you can't even recall anything that you did. Well, they said, cause our brain has basically has done it so many times. It's in that cognitive rut. You remember the Absolutely. book, the, the video, the backwards bicycle, it talks about us being in those like kind of that rut within our brain. We, we have just tuned that out and we're not spending that time. How many times you just sat in front of a TV and just zoned out? Oh, absolutely. And here's the thing about it is that we we do make time for things that are important to us. But what we've done is we've shut off the idea that imagination is important. It's kind of like, oh, well, that doesn't apply right now. And yeah, we just let it go. What does that cost us, though? When you're not thinking about what you really want, are you really going to get there? No. And here's the other part. It's not necessarily about just thinking about what you want. If you can think about what you want, then it becomes now imagination becomes vital because guess what? There's not just one way to get there. And we've been taught that we have to just rely on Wall Street. This is that Wall Street mindset, that bondage that I feel like so many people have fallen prey to. Where do you think imagination stopped? Because you have small kids. I hear you telling me stories like Adler, for instance. You used to oh tell me gosh. a story the other day about some dream she had. The, every morning, this is our, our routine. We're in that rut, right? <laughs> I say, Adler, how did you sleep, sleep, baby? I was good. It was good. Did you have sweet dreams? I always, I always ask about sweet dreams, right? Yes. What, what, what did you dream about? I was riding a unicorn. A unicorn where were you riding the unicorn? On a rainbow. It's always going to be a unicorn. It's always going to be a rainbow. Okay. Some variation of the two. And then there's going to be treasure involved at some point. So every morning. Her little brain is just firing with creativity. At work constantly. And then don't get me started on the stories from school. I can't ever tell which ones are true or which ones aren't. We're check texting her teacher like, hey, is this legit? Like, did this guy do this to her or whatever? It, it's, you know, anyway. But it, it, that's the thing is that as kids, we imagined everything. I mean, my kids are, are building a <laughs> fort out of like limbs. They're telling me about how, you know, massive this fort is and how they've built like this like trap door, you know, with like this huge, <laughs> uh, like, you know, like pit. A pit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I go up there. It's like 17 sticks thrown together and like a four foot hole in the ground. <laughs> and I mean, but they're coming back with detail and they're going to catch coyotes or something, aren't they? Their brains are firing with creativity. But when I ask the question, what is it that you want from your future? What are the goals that you have? And I get silence. That tells me creativity stops somewhere between when we were kids, because when you just ask a kid, what do they want to be when they grow up? What is it that you want to do today? What do you want to do for this year? It's not silence. Right. You get answers. They don't, the thing is, they don't have that fear factor of worrying about what you think about what they want. I think yeah. that's a big thing. Well, I mean, I, I've seen that play out because I've I've helped Megan, you know, teach like the five and six year olds in Sunday school sometimes. And whenever you go, okay, I'm going to ask you guys a question, and like all the hands go up, like, well, wait a second, we haven't even <laughs> asked the question yet. Like, okay, Jimmy, what 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 do you want? Uh, my sister's a bow and arrow. <laughs> like what? I mean, they just they just throw out their brain just going right. But then you you taught the other day, right? You taught uh, some thirteen year olds all the way up to college age. Yeah. And when you ask questions, how eager are they to answer? It was like pulling teeth right? at There's, the very beginning. It was like they're they're trying to figure out: Can I trust this guy? Right? Yeah. Is this something? Do I want to? 
put myself out there. Right. Do I want to answer the question and potentially be wrong? Right. Because I think really that's where a lot of this stems from is as the way kids are taught throughout life is it's right or wrong. Right. Your answer is yes or no. That's right. Imagination is infinite. Right. I love the fact that Nelson Nash wrote this book, Become Your Own Banker, and he talked about it was a part of imagination. Right. Are putting our brains to work. He would say to us all the time, you need to be thinking about your thinking. That's right. That that's such a simple comment, but it's profound. Okay. Right? How do you start thinking though, Joey? Well, you got to have time. You have to carve out time because thinking does not naturally happen on its own. In my opinion, it does not just come to you. You have to have time set aside. And, Maybe it's just because I'm a, a guy and I compartmentalize and I have to have this specific time for this, this specific time for this, but I can't do more than one thing at one time. So having it, maybe it's waking up earlier. I'll say this, this, uh, this morning, my little girl, um, Tyndall just, she was just born eight weeks ago. So I'm getting this time in the middle of the morning, three 30, four 30 in the morning, and I'm loving it. I'm actually really looking forward to it every morning now because I get up, I get her bottle ready. I'm getting, I'm, you know, rocking her, whatever, change her diaper. And then I'm getting time to think and I'm just praying and I'm looking in the, at the word and all this. I'm like, man, this is really nice. Cause it's quiet in it. <laughs> Absolutely. And so anyways, I'm looking forward to that because I just haven't built that kind of time into my schedule. But, I, I'm always amazed by people who have creativity and Nelson Nash was one of those that we obviously we love to to listen to and read his work. And it, you know, it took after his death for us to really start seeing and hearing the stories, what maybe spurred that along. And it was those long hours that he would spend flying in airplanes by himself. Or as he was a forester, as he would be riding walking in trucks the woods, yeah. or walking through the woods, you know, looking at timber. But that just gave him peace and time to think. And in our lives, you know, with four kids and a, a career and, you know, looking at opportunities, it, are, we get in this cadence, right? You're coaching baseball. You're, 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 you're going to golf practice. There's just this every single day and our brain turns off from some of the things that we really want. Like, I love the fact that we get to spend time with our kids. We get to do these things. But if we really want to spend more time with our kids, if that's what we enjoy, shouldn't we be coming up with plans of actions to give us more time instead of just going in autopilot and doing the same thing every single day and not getting closer to our goals and the reason why we're not getting closer because we don't even verbalize them. You know, when I when I talk to people, I was talking to somebody the other day and they were telling me about their vision board. Right. That they have right there in their house. This is a 27-year-old guy. He and his wife, they have a, a small baby. And he's talking to me about the vision board in his house. He's already created rental properties of producing $5,000 a month. And when I told him, hey, by the way. $5,000 a month, that's the equivalent of you having $1.5 million into a, a mutual fund account, a stock account, based upon our interview with Wade Fowl. Right. Dude, he was like, what? Are you serious? <laughs> and I was like, it's amazing. But why had he gotten to that point? He had a vision board. He already knew the direction. A quick, quick kind of tangent here. 
So my mom, uh, Megan and I's birthday's in March, you know this. And my mom had called me and said, hey, I want to get you guys something for your birthdays. What can I get you? And I was like, mom, look, I appreciate that. We'd love to spend time with you. We really don't need anything. Just please know. She goes, no, 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 no. Anything you want. You know, I started joking. I was like, all right, anything you want. Okay, I want a Range Rover, right? (laughs) And Megan uh, wants to uh, a house in Hawaii. And we just kind of started joking. Well, my mom shows up a couple weeks later, and I, I open my present, and inside of it is a toy replica of a Range Rover. I'm talking about the one where the doors open, the steering wheel moves, and it moves the tires. Like the metal, the die cast. Yeah. yeah. And she's Man. like, Russ, put this on put this on your desk and uh, envision it. Like, that's if that's what you want, get it. You know, and she brought my wife some, like, actually Hawaiian coffee, you know, just drink it and imagine that you sit, you know, go outside, let the wind blow, look at the pool and imagine, you know, you're sitting over the Hang Pacific a Hawaii thing. flag on the back porch. Yeah. But that was like, it was so <laughs> awesome. My mom was like trying to create this imagination. But if we don't imagine what we want in life, how are we ever going to accomplish it? Yeah. It, we have to start seeing this as something that's standing in the way of getting us to our goals, whether it be ever or faster. Like you think about the creativity, if we can get those things at work, we start seeing things differently. We've talked about opportunities find cash. Oh yeah. Right? Well, so I think one of the biggest things we can say right now, okay, if you had access to cash, what would you do with it? If it was your job to put money to work, if you're the bank, Think about it. If you're you're at a bank meeting, you're at a board meeting, and the bank the bank president says, "Hey, by the way, Russ, I got thirty five million. We need to get at work. Um, what, what you got? What's your ideas?" I, I even better. I think of like the Brewster's Millions. You ever see that movie with Richard Pryor back in the day? I have not seen this. Now. <laughs> so he was given this money. He was basically the uh, inheritor of this money from his long lost ancestor who didn't know. <laughs> And he was given this amount of money. He had to do something with it over a a 30-day period of time. And he literally had to imagine how to spend it. And he started to run out of ideas of how to spend the money. And he had to spend so much by the end of the 30 days. Otherwise, he would forfeit the inheritance. That's a good challenge. I I think about that whenever – when you're saying if if your job – if literally you said, okay, I've got this millions of dollars, whatever it is – you just can't spend it. You have to put it to work, and its effort, whatever come is fruit from its effort, is what you get to spend. What would you do? Right. You'd be thinking very creatively. You would have to. Right. But you wouldn't just that- accept the, the the bare minimum. Right. You wouldn't. You would be pushing for that limit. Like, well, man, if I did this. So here's what I want you to do right now. I want you to press pause right after I say this. Imagine that you had this big pool of money, however big it is, and if you, the only way you can live, sustain your life, is from the fruit of what you use that money to do, what would you do? I like that question. That's going to challenge you to think critically. It's going to make you ask good questions, right? I I think about the the time that you you started teaching me this back in 2010 and i said okay i get it i'm starting to learn and i could see i I could see just so much right it was like a like looking through a tunnel 
And then I walked through that tunnel and then all of a sudden on the other side of it, it started to open up because I was educating myself. I was learning. I was going to Nelson's events. I was going to think tanks and all these things with you. And you know what? Through that, I started really thinking about how can I get access to this money? I've got my 401k. Yeah, because you built up a six-figure number <laughs> that was that you thought you could access, by the way. <laughs> and I was frustrated. And I said, wait a minute, I'm learning how to have more control, more access, more use of my money. And now I've got this money locked up. Well, that 401k, I, I was able to creatively think okay, I'm gonna start taking a loan from the 401k to fund my policy to then get it to work. And that that created a whole new pot of money that I would have never had. Well, it's, it's, it was so fun to watch you do that because of watching your brain come up with an idea that I'd never heard of. And and be honest, I, I've had two other people since then. So in the last nine, almost 10 years, there's been three people that have come up with that idea. And you're one of them. Those are the two are really, really uh, smart people. So, you know, I know I kick you sometimes, but <laughs> like I, I'm putting you at a level with them because if a couple of the other dummies came up with it, then I would realize maybe that was not a coincidence. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> Well, and, and again, I'm, I don't mean to like beat my own chest on this, but what it really has done is it's been, okay, how can I get more of this money in a position to where I can do more with it? And so like even just the other day when we were talking through how we came up with a plan to create income equals premium. Well, it, on it, page 48 of it, Nelson's book. Well, it, it required us to like when we read, right? Reading is a way to create That's ideas. Right. Watching TV <laughs> is a bad idea. Yeah. It, it is it literally is to zone our brains out. But when we read, we learn. It makes us think about ideas. And when we were reading Nelson Nash's book, something that we've gone through many, many times, and we get to the section where he says that our income should equal our premiums in our life insurance policy. Let's say that one more time. Our incomes <laughs> should equal our premiums. Yeah, expanding the system to accommodate all income is what he, he, he titled the chapter. And we've, we've wondered, like, how practically do we do that? I've had more people ask me that question over the last 10 years and never had an answer for them. No. It, until it, last year. You and I just sat around and said, okay, we're going to figure this out. We're going to, we're going to draw out a plan and we're going to figure out how to actually make this work. Right. So by the way, we're going to put the case study in the show notes. You can download it on YouTube. It, it, you can just search for it. But point is, it really took time to think through it and to challenge our thinking. I'd come to you and say, okay, what do you think about this? Is this right? Am I, am I missing something here? And it really allowed us to expand our thinking. If you've listened to our show for any length of time, you've heard us talk about infinite banking and how we were able to use that concept to create over $50,000 a month in passive income. It's just not that easy to figure out how does this all connect into my own personal system. Stallion, that's why we created the Passive Income Operating System, bro. It shows you how to turn active income into passive income. It makes all the steps come together. If you would like to get access to it as a podcast listener, we've never given this away in public before. Go to whatswhatwallstreet.com forward slash P-I-O-S. 
There was nothing worse than walking into class when you're in school and the teacher saying, pop quiz day. Why? Because you were unprepared. Are you unprepared, though, for financial freedom? Don't be. Find out how close you are by taking our 30-second quiz at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash quiz. It's one of those things, though, if we don't, like, I mean, here, I, I'm just being open and honest, right? Like, I, I, I help you so much on this podcast. I, my, my job is, is, and I love it, is getting on the phone with you and getting on webinars with you and talking about your financial situation. Unfortunately, because I spend so much time doing it for you, I don't spend any time doing it for me. Ooh. So, so this weekend, the cobbler shoes. Yeah, th- yeah. This weekend, I had some time, and I'm like, look, this I gotta get my stuff in order. I gotta like figure out where everything's is, is going and how it's working. And I probably spent three or four hours. And the same thing, I started thinking back to your example of how you're uh, paying loans back, how you're taking a loan every single month to put it into your account, how you've created this plan and system. And it's like, okay, all right, well, you know, I, I've got the same sort of thing. My my income is continuing to expand, thankfully, right? And right. And, and we've had some uh, we've had some windfalls. We've sold we sold some real estate this year. We've sold a business this year. Yeah, I need to make sure that I am using my system correctly. And I applied the same thing that you're doing personally. It's okay. I need to put this on paper. I need to write it out. I need to be able to visually see what I'm doing. And I think that's too often a reason why we're not imagining what's happening because we don't even see what's going on. We don't write it out. I know you guys always make fun of me for making my calendar out on Excel, (laughs) but the purpose to that is literally the think about what my week's going to be. Sure, I know it's an outlook, but when I put it in Excel and I have to like create time slots around, you know, to prepare for things or to follow up on things, it makes my brain think about those meetings. Well, if we're not thinking about what we want in life, we're not thinking about the financial goals we have. We're not thinking about what our money's actually doing or what we should have it doing for us. How successful can we really be? How how much can our our, our money uh, really be efficient for us? Well, and, and you've heard us say this before, but I want to really highlight something. At Wealth Without Wall Street, we are one of our differentiators is that we're the coach, but you have to be the quarterback. Okay, if you if you can envision the football field, if you're sitting in the stands cheering for somebody else when it comes to your money. Wealth without Wall Street's not on the field. How by the pe- way, by the way, how many people are doing that? Oh, everybody. Hey, we we got a lot of pom pom shakers out there. There's a ton of them, and guess what? They're disappointed at the end of the game. Hey, hope's a strategy, just not a good one. <laughs> so it is so critical. What we're talking about right now is absolutely it's monumental to your future. If you cannot be the quarterback, then you are required to sit in the stands. Hey. And by the way, I, you and I are, are are fairly decent coaches. We we've done this for a while. I think we've been very successful uh, as coaches, but we're only as successful as our players, as the people who are actually playing the game. Right? I mean, that's right. At the end of the day, we're rooting you on. We're giving you game plans. We're helping you uh, with some of that imagination. 
But really, we're only successful as you are successful and what you're doing. And we love it when we hear stories about how somebody has taken this and lent the money and turned it over and said, hey, by the way, did you know that when I uh, was able to take over my student loan debt, then that income stream I used to go buy a rental property with it? Oh, yeah. Th- th- Let's not poo-poo the whole idea here on this call or on this show that people aren't being creative because we have tons of stories about you coming to us and we're constantly amazed at what, what you're thinking about. But the, the vast majority, the vast majority of people that we talk to initially, it's like they are glazed over. They have never, they have just left this part of their brain out and they're asking us for ideas. They're like, well, how can I do this? Like, what would I buy? What would I invest in? What would I create passive income with? It's almost like, can you give me the idea? Like your idea probably is better than my idea, which the the answer to that is really no. My That's Wall Street speaking. It right is there. not going to necessarily be better than your idea. My idea is my idea. It, what I want to do is probably different than what you want to do. It's very unlikely we're very similar in that. Well, and, and even as we talk about like the hierarchy of wealth in previous episodes, if you're a business owner, you know better than anybody else the investment returns in that business. Period. End of story. So you should be confident in those things and then more creative about how to make that thing expand, how to make that business become passive as we talked about with justin harris there's so many opportunities under your nose if you will just turn on this imagination factor all right so let's let's break this down let's wrap this up because today's podcast is about you imagining what you would do with money if you had the only job the only way you could like eat today or tomorrow in the future is if you had to put it to work and it's return to you is what you got to spend. So that's going to make you imagine the things that you would want to do. That's that's one of the steps. The second step is like, what do you really want? I mean, it makes me think of the notebook, right? What do you want? <laughs> right? That's really that sounded just like him, by it, the way. Very Russ. close, right? I mean, I, yeah. I, I kind of get that Ryan Gosling, you know, lookalike a lot. So <laughs> I, it's important to know what we want. It's important to know... Uh, what we might do with it. It's okay not to have all the answers. It's okay not to know how to do those things. Those are the things that us as coaches can work with you on. But what you want and what what do you uh, what would you want to do with it? Those are things that you should be coming up with the answers to. And I want you to have your vision board. I want you to have your Range Rover uh, <laughs> replica sitting on your desk. Whatever it is, these little bitty things. And they could be silly, right? I mean, could I go buy a Range Rover? Yes, I could. I mean, but that that's not, you know, I'm not going to spend the money for that. But have these things that that you do want. Like, hey, I would like to spend a month with my family outside of Birmingham, Alabama, right? That's a, a want that I have, and we're making that happen. That's right. So uh, another thing, I want to bring up a, a quick story. One of my clients, um, Brian Tripp. I'm gonna, Brian, you, you've heard him on the show actually before. He actually, about 90 days ago, made it a goal. He said, I want to read 20 pages a day. And in 90 days, he has done that. 
I don't know if it's been every single day, but he has put it on there, his to do. He wanted to think about more things. He wanted to plan more things and learn. And in those 90 days, he has dramatically changed the projection of his life because he's now become an authority in so many different things. He's reading more books than I've ever seen somebody read. Nelson probably would have read way more than him, but point is he made it a goal. He set aside the time, which that's really the next thing that I think if you want to take away some practical example from this is make the time to think about your thinking. You don't have to have a newborn like I do to get up in the middle of the night and to be thinking about your thinking, but set aside that time, make it a priority because that is the difference between getting to your goal or not. It's going to be that much more important. And this is the opposite of what we're taught. We're, we're taught not to think. We're, we're taught to listen. Wait, wait, who, who are we taught by, Russ? Uh, maybe they're listening. I don't know if we should, if we should say it. <laughs> Keep it quiet. The government. Why would the government care about our thinking? Uh, because it would prevent us and them from doing the things they want to do and us doing them instead. Well, control and authority come from thinking right historic you you look over history anybody that's in power they want to limit education and they want to limit thinking authority and thinking are always at battle they're, they're always in conflict absolutely so here here's the thing go spend some time and think and can't wait to hear some of the imaginative things you come up with in our next conversation. As always, we appreciate you listening to the podcast. Have a wonderful day. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.